Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. And a quick reminder before we get going, Grow is starting on March 6th. And your campus pastors have been telling you about this and you can find out more information in, in every one of our lobbies and on our website. But we just really believe that you were made on purpose for a purpose. And here at Red Rocks, we're passionate about helping you discover that and would love for you to get more involved at this church in a way that makes you come alive. And, and that's what grows all about. And so I wanna challenge and encourage every single person listening in that direction. That's March 6th, Grow Begins, do not miss it. You guys heard of this? This is so good. This is the book written by Pastor Sean that this mental health series is based on. And quick uh, pastor confession, pastors aren't really supposed to say this, but I'm not the biggest reader, okay? Just happen to be a slow reader, okay? I'm a learner, listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks, um, and I know that's bad to say because pastors are leaders and leaders are readers and readers are leaders, so sorry, but I did, however, read this thing cover to cover, and it pulls no punches. This thing is so engaging and helpful and good, and it might be the most real and raw and uncensored and honest book I have ever read in my life. I'm telling you, this is dangerous to the devil and living proof that whatever he sends for evil, God flips and uses for so much good. So you need to get this book and you need to read it. You need to pass it on to as many people as possible. Sean, I'm so proud of you. We're all so proud of you. You hit a home run with this thing. Thank you for going first in your authenticity. I love you. And uh, in our cultural moment, the world needs this. Did you hear that world? Get this book. Redrockschurch.com slash attacking anxiety, Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com. Um, even the tattered cover at Concourse B at Denver International Airport has this book on the front display, baby. You hit Elway's, you've gone too far. Michael, can I give this to you? Not because you look anxious, don't worry. Just, I needed to give it to somebody. Attacking anxiety, and it is so real. And in the spirit of getting real, I'm just following the lead of our leader. In the spirit of getting real, I wanna talk to you today about fear. Because fear is real. And you're not human if you don't experience it. And between now and your final breath, there will be a million moments in your life where you, where you will have a decision to make as to whether you're going to let fear steer your life or the spirit of God that's alive and at work within you steer your life. Choosing the latter is called faith. And while fear, I believe, is way more of a feeling, I would call faith way more of a decision or a muscle. And my message to you today is although fear is real, it has zero right to call the shots in your life. Michael's looking at me like he wants me to cite my source. I will. 2 Timothy 1.7. This verse is so good. This is all you need today. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love 
and of a sound mind. Amen? It's so good. I want to call this message, It's Time to Take Your Mind Back. It's time to take your mind back. So, Heavenly Father, have your way. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 27. And while you're turning there or scrolling there, I'm gonna give you a little bit of context as to what we're about to read. This is a fear-filled and pressure-packed situation at the very end of Paul's life. The Apostle Paul is a prisoner, and the reason he's a prisoner is for preaching the gospel. And he's about to hop on board a ship that is en route to Rome. And don't think Mediterranean cruise, unless thinking about Mediterranean cruises helps you attack anxiety, then by all means, please do. It's just not gonna help you immerse yourself into this story. Don't think wine tasting paired with fancy cheeses and bacon-wrapped dates. Think storms and think shipwrecks. And we pick it up in verse nine. Here we go. Much time had been lost And sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement, a.k.a. it's now the stormy season. So Paul warned them. And in this story, by the way, Paul's voice represents the voice of God. Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. But I read that and go, well, of course he did. If you're about to set sail into possible unprecedented and inclement weather, you wanna take the advice of the the pilot of the ship, not the the preacher who just happens to be on the ship. Some of these preachers, man, they they think they know everything. But it, it does beg the question, are you being steered by your senses or by the Spirit? What voices are you listening to? Because we walk by faith, not by sight, especially in stormy seasons. Stephen Furtick once said this, the voices you listen to will determine the future you experience. Your thoughts, whether you like it or not, are steering the ship that is your life. And by the way, not every thought you think is from you or from God. Sometimes it is. But sometimes it's just your emotions or your feelings or it's your fears or it's the enemy trying to worry you and he's using your feelings and your fears. But sometimes it is God, but sometimes it's the devil, but sometimes it's not. So how do I know? I wanna help you just for a moment. The voice of God will always direct and protect you. The voice of the devil will doom and or distract you. God will use conviction to push you forward but the enemy will use condemnation to pull you backwards. The voice of God will oftentimes give warning to you, but the voice of God will never create worry within you. The voice of God speaks his promises to us to strengthen and fortify your faith, whereas the enemy's voice speaks lies to panic and paralyze your faith, which is why I can tell you with full confidence, if you are a worst-case scenario kind of person, okay? That is not the voice of God trying to caution you with wisdom. That is the voice of the devil trying to overwhelm your spirit with fear. And the voices you listen to will determine the future you experience. Are you following me? 
All right, keep following. Verse 14, before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by storm and couldn't head into the wind, even though that's where they wanted to go. And so, pay attention right here, we gave way to it and were driven along. We give way to the wind. So many of us just give way to our thoughts without considering where is this coming from. Fears come and we just, we give way to them and they just, they just drive us along, right? I can't trust my husband because he'll cheat on me because my dad cheated on my mom even though my husband's not my dad and I'm not my mom. But those thoughts come like the wind and we just, we give way to them and they drive you along. If I'm not married by now, I'm never gonna be. So let me sever my boat from this anchor called hope and just go with these fears and these worry winds and let them drive me along. I can't be myself in this place because if I'm myself, they'll reject me. So I need to be somebody else entirely so that, 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 so that they'll accept me. And these fears come and you just, you just go with them, right? These fears come and we just give way to them. The best is, the best is behind me. It's too late for me. Nothing good happens in my life anyway, so why even try? Nobody understands what I'm going through. It's never gonna end. It's always gonna be this way. I'm always gonna be this alone. I'm always gonna be this stuck. Nobody understands what I'm going through. The world would be better without me, and it's all lies straight from the pit of hell, but it comes like the wind, and we just, we just go with it, and these fears drive you along as far as you will let them take you. If you give a mouse a cookie... He's gonna want a glass of milk. I was reading this story for bedtime with Will two weeks ago, chuckling under my breath because I realized the kid is a sucker and the mouse is an evil genius. He really is. Next time you read it, read it with that paradigm. Please, it would be my honor to ruin this book for you. The mouse goes, well, shoot, I got, I got a cookie. I got milk. Let me see if I can get the whole house. Fear will not stop until it has your entire mind. And did you know, on average, not that you're average, but on average, you think 40,000 thoughts a day, 40,000. And out of those 40,000 thoughts, on average, 80% of them are negative, 80%. Why? I think because it's easier to just go with the wind than it is to sail into the wind. It's way easier to conform to the windy patterns of the world than it is to confront head on the windy patterns of this world. Oh, it's way easier to just allow anxiety and agree with anxiety than it is to attack anxiety. The same for the faint of heart. I'm just here to tell you that Jesus has put it in you and no wind or weapon formed against you shall prosper. Fix your focus on Jesus because he has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. But it's time to take yours back because everything begins with the six inches of space between your ears, everything. Have you noticed life has just a little to do with what happens around you and a lot to do with how you perceive what happens around you? And did you know you are who you are today because of the thoughts you thought about yesterday? 
and you will be who you are tomorrow because of the thoughts you think today. And not only are 80% of them statistically negative, 95% of them are recycled from last week, last year, the last decade, like a broken record. Your life is heading in the direction of the thoughts you think and the voices you listen to, which means if you don't like where your life is heading, it's time to change your mind. Because verse 20, somebody say verse 20. Ooh, you guys gave me the chills. I hate, I hate verse 20. Because to me, verse 20 is the final destination of an unanchored and unrenewed mind. Here it is. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. We gave up all hope. It's always gonna be like this. This is never gonna end. I'm always gonna be this alone. I'm always gonna have this many panic attacks. I'm always gonna be this depressed. I'm always gonna be this anxious. I'm always gonna be this afraid. We finally gave up hope. This is the destination the winds of fear eventually lead us to into the doldrums where chronic low-grade angst and just all the time apprehension is the new norm. That's the new norm right now. I don't think I have to convince you of that. But the American Psychiatric Association in 2019, pre-pandemic, did a study and released a stat claiming many North American teenagers are living with chronic anxiety levels consistent with that of psychiatric patients from the 1950s. The American Institute of Health estimates eight out of 10 primary care doctor visits are for stress-related issues. So whether for you it's panic attacks, severe depression, um, hey, maybe it's just, that that's not you, but maybe it's just this all the time, sort of beneath the surface, low-grade humming of just apprehension and anxiety. That's my new normal. That's like my baseline now. For whatever it is, I go, maybe, maybe you can relate to this new normal. The doldrums of dread. I know I can. In so many ways, I don't even have time to tell you 10% of the stories today. I can relate to this. Oh, but I'm a pastor. Oh, yeah. And I have two counselors say something. Getting counseling is like my favorite hobby, Okay. So maybe you can relate to this. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like yourself and maybe it's been a while since you have felt, your, felt like yourself and maybe truth be told, you don't even remember what it feels like to feel like yourself and you're just, you're not as happy as you used to be. You're not as fun to be around as you used to be. You're just, you're not present. You're not, you're not peaceful. You're not joyful. You've just been, you've been driven along by thoughts that are not from you and voices that are not from God into the doldrums of dread and you just feel like you've reached a destination where hopelessness is just holding you down all the time and maybe you've crossed the line from living with a, a wise caution into living with a worst case scenario delusion. 
And maybe you got the stories to back up those feelings, especially recently. Maybe so many just challenging and difficult things have happened that of course you're gonna feel that way. And of course your new normal is gonna be to live in a state of paranoia where you can't even enjoy the people in your lives because you're so panicked about losing the people in your lives. And by the way, that's called a survival instinct. That is your subconscious mind trying to keep you from getting hurt so you retreat into your shell like a turtle. Survival instincts would tell you go with the wind don't go into the wind, but you've given way to it and it's driving you along and now you find yourself in a place where you're just, you're worried all the time. You're just, I'm worried about everything. I, I, I don't wanna step out. I don't wanna start that relationship. I won't start that company because of the fear of failure. What if I, what if I fail? How embarrassing would that be? So I can't, I, I can't take that risk. Or what if I succeed? If I succeed, I'll have something to lose and I can't have something to lose because what if I lose it? So I'm, I'm too afraid to do that. I, I'm, I'm afraid... When things are going wrong, I'm afraid when things are going right because if things are going right, it's only a matter of time because what goes around comes around and what goes up must come down. And so if I just live in a constant, consistent state of bracing for impact, it won't hurt as bad when there's impact. And yes, it will, by the way. Can I just tell the truth and in a weird way, maybe set somebody free? Yes, it will. Impact's coming. In this world, you will have trouble. Now we know the war is won, you know how the story ends, but in this life, there is impact. Why? Because the world has fallen, the devil is still at large, and I think for that reason, the most powerful thing you can do is to enjoy the moments you have in this life, regardless, regardless of that, enjoy. I mean, you wanna just get the devil? Enjoy your life. Enjoy the moments, create good moments. God is a designer of good moments. You have that design blood in you as well. Drag the paradise you got waiting for you in eternity into your here and now. Thin the veil between heaven and earth in your, in your mind because this is our new normal. These doldrums of dread and if I'm talking to you, I want you to, if you take away one thing, make it this. You're not crazy. You're not alone. And in Jesus' name, somebody say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, this will end. But it's time to take your mind back. It's no coincidence you're in church today. It's no coincidence you're tuning in listening to this at a later time, I have, I'm prayed up for this. There's no coincidences happening with this message. You have a divine appointment with the creator of the universe. I'm just setting the table. And what he wants you to know is he loves you exactly the way you are right now right. with everything you got going on between those two ears. You know what that's called? Grace. It's good news, and it gets even better. He also loves you way too much to let you stay there, and that's called truth. I'm not, uh, I have no plans on just giving you cold comfort and telling you it's all okay when it's not. Like I'm ignorant of what you're going through because you're going through it. And I'm also not here to give you petty, cheap advice 
that is oversimplified and doesn't even work. Trust me, I've battled anxiety for 11 years. I've seen big strides in the last two. But for 11 years, I've had countless Christians and well-meaning preachers give me advice and tell me stuff like, hey, just don't be anxious because anxiety is a sin. So stop worrying because it reeks of arrogance and it, it breaks God's heart. Why are you breaking his heart? Stop worrying. And I go, okay, great. So now not only am I anxious, but I guess God's mad at me. So now I'm more anxious. I'm not gonna do that. Hey, even if that were true, it's not helpful. Jesus was helpful. I'm not gonna do that. But I'm also not gonna license you to stay where you are when Jesus has made a way. Because it is for freedom that he has set you free and we will face valleys in this life. However, we're called to walk through them, not build our dream homes in them. You might feel subjected to fear. I'm here to tell you that because of Jesus, you are no longer a slave to that fear. You are a child of God. Regardless of how you feel, that's the facts. Your feelings change all the time. You're gonna feel different two hours from now, but truth never changes. You might feel like you are, you are stuck and sitting in a prison cell. What I'm here to tell you today is you need to walk out of here believing and seeing that the blood of Jesus has ripped the door off of that prison cell. You might be sitting in there, but because of Jesus, you're not stuck in there. This is called resurrection reality, Red Rocks Church, that you have been set free, and now it's time to learn how to live free. Somebody say, it's time to take my mind back. It's time to take my mind back. You want to see what Paul does next? I get a kick out of this guy, man. I love this guy. Verse 21, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice. (laughs) So he's not above saying, I told you so. Oh, you should have taken my advice. Remember when I told you? (laughs) Not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you, that's a strong verb. I urge you to keep up your courage. What I take away from that is, I think God's already given us courage. I almost don't know if we need to pray for it as much as we just need to practice keeping up the courage we've already been been given, I urge you to keep up that courage, AKA take your mind back from fear, attack that anxiety, fight the wind, renew your thinking, claim the promises that are already yours, keep up your courage, why, why? Check out how this verse ends. Because not one of you will be lost, semicolon, only the ship will be destroyed. <laughs> and I, I think, is that good news or bad news? Depends on what side of the semicolon you focus on. Not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Reminds me of another verse Jesus actually said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Oh, but in it, you will have trouble. Hey, there will be impact. Oh, but take heart because I've overcome the entire world. Hey, the ship's going down, but I'm gonna get all of you there. You'll make it through this. Oh, but the ship will sink. And I read that and go, hey, the ship, the ship is gonna sink. Like if you're on a ship, is that not the worst case scenario? 
Let's continue the trend of this series being brutally honest and, and go there for a moment. What if the worst case scenario happened? You know, you know what yours is. Um, what if it happened? It probably won't, but it could. What if the ship sinks? And I know what I'm asking you to think about. I also know living alive and living free and attacking anxiety is not just reading a book. That's a tool in this journey that ain't for the faint of heart, that sometimes requires you to go straight to the the root and the source of all of your fear, to look it straight in the eyes for all the smoke and mirrors that it is. What I'm saying to you is monsters are only terrifying until you look under the bed. And I've prayed a lot about how to steward this moment, so please trust me. But what if, I thought about that for my life, what if I lost that person? Like what if you never got married or you finally opened yourself up to love and get married and then that person got sick? What if the ship sank? And I listened to, it was like a decade ago, a Stephen Furtick message where he made the point, and this has freed me in a weird way. He said, the few things in this life that will blindside and level you will be the few things, the random things that happen on that random afternoon that you never once even thought about or worried about. And on the flip side of that same coin, all the stuff you worry about, stuff that robs so much precious sleep from you, all the thoughts that keep you from fully being present and enjoying the people in your life as the gifts that they are, 99.99% of that stuff will never happen. But what if, what if the boat sinks? The only way to answer that is honesty. If the boat sinks, it will be very painful and could wreck you and will suck and I've got two moments in my mind, one that has happened and one that's hard to imagine it happening. Might feel like your soul is trying to breathe and can't and there is no shortcut through the pain and there's just no quick fix for the broken human heart. But will God be with you? Oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter. It's in those moments and seasons, you find out exactly why. Will he get you through? Yeah. Will the devil win? Please. Is fear still just a liar running out of breath? Yeah. Will the gates of hell prevail? No. Will God deposit revelation? into your spirit in those seasons that are worth more than gold, that will be part of somebody else's survival kit one day? Yeah. See, Paul goes on to even say to these guys, we might wash up on shore clinging to driftwood 
from the doomed boat. But he's gonna get us there. It's like Paul knows, I will never preach exactly how God will do it, but I will preach my courageous faith in the God who will from now until my final moment, because by the way, for me to live is Christ and even to die is gain. To die is gain. I mean, if you're the devil, what are you gonna do with this guy? How do you scare Paul? Like what monsters are you putting under Paul's bed? I mean, you tell me, church, why the prisoner on the ship is the freest guy on that boat, urging everybody else to keep up your courage. It's like Paul knows something. He knows who he is and whose he is, and he's been here before, which is what I wanna say to you. So have you. You've been here before. Paul, like very specifically, this is his third shipwreck. He's been in two already, and I want to tell him, like, Paul, stop getting on boats, man. <laughs> like, if, I, if I'm on a flight and it goes down and I live, like, I'm driving from now on. <laughs> Just stop. Stop getting on boats. But I want to tell you, you've been here before. And life is very shakable, but the spirit of God within you is, is not. It's not. And so if you, if you read the book, Attacking Anxiety, chapter eight's my favorite chapter. And Sean gives two takeaway tools. And the very first one is to make a list of all the things God has already brought you through. When fears come like the wind, one of the best things you can do is to let your memories preach to you about God's faithfulness. Because you've made it through everything you've gone through. My evidence, the fact that you're here. He got you through then, he'll get you through again. Just like Paul, you've been here before. Do not forget to remember that. Make a list. For Paul and his resumes, I think in 2 Corinthians somewhere, I probably should know that, but uh, read all Corinthians and you'll find it, okay? Paul's resume, beatings and floggings and sickness and poverty and fears and stresses and worries and two other shipwrecks. I made just part of my list this past week. I've had 12 years of chronic pain, but I'm still alive and I'm more hopeful than I've ever been that healing is in my near future. I've been through painful breakups. I've lost loved ones. I've watched my best friend be flight for life off a ski slope with a ski slope with a brain injury. I've seen friends get really sick. I've been through incredibly dark spiritual warfare and God has been in it and has gotten me through all of it. I've had panic attacks that in the moment felt like they were never gonna end, and every single one of them did. Every valley has that in common, they all end. I've moved over 40 times in my life, and I have found family and community that God's provided for me on the other side of every single one of those moves. I've stepped into positions and jobs I wasn't ready for, but I knew God was calling me into, and he showed up, and he equipped me to lead through my weaknesses and was there every single step of the way. A global pandemic that reshuffled the entire deck of our world happened when our baby church plant in Austin was 14 months old. We had to start from scratch, but now we are foundationally stronger than ever. God has got us through. And last week we had an ad, another service, and 1,200 people came. It's like, let God's, let God's track record build courage in your hearts. Look back on the one who began the good work in you. And then look ahead at the God who promises, that's the key word, to finish it, finish it. 
Last two verses I read, I'll read 23 and 24 from this story. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong, this is Paul, and team, you can come up. So I love that really quick. Paul knows who he is and whose he is and who he serves. Did you see that? The God to whom I belong and whom I serve, I like that, stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. In other words, you can't go down in this battle because I have a bigger one for you next month. (laughs) And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. God just made Paul a promise. I'm gonna get you through this. And what I wanna leave you with today is this reality that in the scriptures, God has made you 7,000 promises that are true for you, for you to stand on as well. The challenge is believing, once again, that promises that good could actually be true for you, but they are. Human beings, guys, we're good at a lot of stuff, but not at remembering good news. Don't forget to remember. I woke up for work, this was years ago, five or six years ago. I got up early um, to pray for Connor, and uh, it's just something God's put on my heart, like, you need to pray for him. I'm just kidding. Um, Went through my normal morning routine and um, ran 10 miles. Didn't really do that, but I took a multivitamin, kind of the same thing. <laughs> Had a bowl of Lucky Charms, breakfast at Champions, and brushed my, brushed my teeth. And I get in the car to drive to work. It's a 20-minute drive. 10 minutes into the drive, I'm halfway there when I realize I forgot to put on a shirt for work. <laughs> True story. Who forgets to put on a shirt for work, just driving, listening to my jams, just like, I'm forgetting something. (laughs) It's a shirt. Ah, you win some, you lose some. It'll be fine. We're forgetful, some of us more than others. It's better to remember, especially the promises of God. It's better to be ready so when those moments come where you decide, is fear gonna steer or is the spirit of God alive and at work within me gonna steer? The promises of God that anchor your boat when the winds and the fears and the lies come are the very first thing that pop into your spirit and come to life in your mind. You're gonna be in good, you're gonna be set up in those moments. And so what I wanna do is I'm gonna leave you with Sean's second list of chapter eight, which is a list of 20 promises that are rightfully yours and true about you. And these are gonna be up on the screen. You don't have to memorize them now. They'll be on social media later for you to screenshot. My challenge for you is to pick one of them. Pick one of them. That's the promise I need, and that's the verse that I need to internalize. My challenge for you this week is to internalize it. So here's what that means. You memorize it, and that's where it clicks in your brain and that makes you smart. But then you keep speaking it over your life because when you speak the truth of God over your life, it begins to activate the truth of God within your life until it makes the trip from here to here, which is the definition of you internalizing it. And that makes you alive and that makes you free. My verse um, is Joshua 1.9. Speaking about fear, something I deal with all the time, and it's a verse about courage. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I actually have it tattooed on my ribs right here. I got it back in college, and I was afraid to tell my mom. And a year later, we were on a family vacation at the pool, and she, she saw it, and she goes, what, what is that? When did that happen? 
And I, I told her and I said, yeah, I was afraid to tell you. And she said, so let me get this straight. You're a grown man. You got a Bible verse about courage tattooed and you were afraid to tell your mom about it. It's like, yeah, it's a good thing you got that. This is mine. That's what I need. It'll be one of these 20. I want you to pick just one. That's my promise. And that's my verse. Memorize it and then speak it on repeat this week until you activate it and internalize it into your heart. And it's not just something you know, it is now part of who you are. Because when the fears come and the thoughts come and the voices come and life gets windy, if that's the first thing that surfaces in that moment, you're gonna be in good shape. So here we go. 20 promises that are true for you. And let's all stand while I read these and proclaim them over you. This is the 20 verses to remind you who you are and whose you are, who your God is in any and every situation. When you're weak or anxious or depressed or lonely or suicidal or scared to death and you're tired of standing on your unsteady feelings and counting on this very shakable world, these are not my opinions. These are promises from the creator of the universe that are time-tested and true for you. So here we go. Promise number one, I am loved. And that's Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Next promise, I am valued. Matthew 6, 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not so much more valuable than they are? Next promise, from Romans 8, 1, I am accepted. Therefore, there is now zero condemnation. Mind you, sometimes conviction, but zero condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Next promise, I am chosen. This is Ephesians 1.4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Next promise, I am called, 2 Timothy 1.9. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Next promise, I am safe from Psalm 121, verse seven. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Next promise, I am protected from 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Next promise, God is with me. This is Joshua 1, 9. Here we go. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Next promise, God will never leave me. That's Matthew 28, 20. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's straight from the mouth of Jesus. Next promise, God will strengthen me. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Next promise, God will guide me. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Next promise, God will empower me from Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to anything? If God is for us, who can be against us? Next promise, his spirit lives within me. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Next promise, God is greater. This is 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in this world. Next promise, I am more than a conqueror. Who's daring enough to believe that's true for you? You are more than a conqueror. Romans 8, 37, no, in all these 
these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Next promise, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Isaiah 54, 17, that says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. See, I wasn't lying, it's right there. Next promise, God has a plan when I can't see it. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Next promise, God is working even when I can't feel it. Romans 8, 28, we know all, in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Next promise, nothing is impossible for my God. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And then last but not least, I will be victorious, which is Deuteronomy 24 that says, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Amen. Between now and your final breath, a million moments where you have a decision to make. Is fear gonna steer? Am I gonna give way to it and be driven along by it and conform to the patterns of this world? Or am I gonna sail with my eyes fixed on Jesus straight into any fears and worries and lies that might come in my direction because my focus is fixed on the one who saved me and called me and has chosen me and is sending me. And if he's sending you, he's the one who promises to go with you. And it's time to take your mind back. Amen, Red Rocks. Amen. Hey, we're about to worship. Would you guys close your eyes, hold your hands out like this in a receiving posture. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine in your hands right now, somehow every fear or worry or lie that might be steering the ship that is your life right now. Maybe it's just one. You have one. You're standing in front of the cross. Just imagine actually turning your hands over, almost as if to drop it at the foot of the cross. Say, I'm gonna leave that in the grave that Jesus borrowed to rot and rust with all my sin. Because if you don't mind, devil, I've got a life to live in a resurrection kind of reality. And then as you hold your hands once again in a receiving posture, pick that promise. God is with you. You will be victorious. Receiving is a grace. Here's your chance to practice it. Receive this promise that is true for you. Memorize it. Internalize it until it becomes part of who you are. We inhale faith. We exhale fear. Jesus, we worship you. We love you. Amen.